You know who I realized actually recently that you're like is because I was watching. You know who you are on The Sopranos? Ralphie. Yeah, you're Ralphie. How'd you he's know? He's my favorite character. He's my favorite character. And I love him. <laughs> Joey Pants. I love Ralphie on that show. Yeah, oh man, he's so funny. Yeah, it's such a good character. And I and the thing I relate to him is that like he's a piece of shit, but he's also yeah. a, he, but he's a good earner. So they're like, well, he yeah, you know, he's a, he's a but he's also he's like a smart ass. Yeah, he's a smart ass. He's evil. He's mean. He's a bully. He's, he's two faced. He's, he's wearing a wig. He's hilarious. You know what character on Be The Sopranos you're like? Tony Soprano. You're like Beansy. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> you're like a very, you're just like a pathetic victim. Like you're just like a person who. I'm doing okay, I feel like. You're going to just end up, you're going to end up in crutches. You know, Richie April's going to run me over with his car. Yeah, you're just going to... All your bones are going to end up broken. Oh, and then people will be tall. like, hey, whatever I'm whatever tall. happened to that guy? He just... I don't know. He's in, He moved to Florida and no one ever heard of him ever again. <laughs> uh, it's a little, it makes me a little sad because that could be something that actually happens. It'll just make it weird now that this podcast exists. You know? Damn, dude. It just, I'm not I mean, Beansy. Look. I'm Tony Soprano. How? I'm, I'm a big boy. Um, you know, maybe you are Tony Soprano. You really are just a whiny person. Why? Why? I'm not, I haven't whined at all. I feel like I'm. Uh, What's all that noise over there? Uh, sorry, recycling. You do you care you're, about that recycling? You're just doing chores. Yeah, Whitney makes me do chores. Well, while we do this. Yeah. So Adam's doing this really stupid thing where he refuses to. Re- review his movies on letterbox <laughs> and he makes it into a big surprise for the show no it's not a surprise no i'm not doing it for that that reason i'm holding them i thought you're supposed to like doesn't it make sense to not post the review until you can like include a link to the episode and mention that you do a you do a podcast episode about it is that crazy or is it just me we have two listeners and one of them's in jail <laughs> I mean, that's got to start somewhere, right? So why did you give this... What would you give this movie, Adam? I, I, gave I, it fi- I gave it five stars. It's one of my favorite Cronenberg movies. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's a really funny, amazing movie. It's like an erotic thriller, but it's like... Like, the script is, is so good. Um, I, I mean, I would give it uh, five stars, too. If, I was, like, kind of wondering if I should give it four and a half because I was like, it's kind of silly. But then I was like, you know, for its time... I feel like it, you know, the whole thing about the cars and just like the nineties and like everything in this movie is cars. And so it just feels like very of its time. And so, and yeah, it's just like such a perfect movie that it's like, it's just exactly what that movie should be. Every scene is really good. And like the story is really like simple, but you know, well told and stuff. I liked it. I liked your pick. Does that make you happy? Wow. (laughs) That's my opinion. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad we waited to hear that. Yeah. A real sum, some uh, <laughs> summation by Adam. Yeah, I feel like I covered a lot. Okay, so I love this movie. When this movie came out, I like, in the 90s when I was like a teenager, anytime like an NC-17 rated movie came out, like an indie movie, I was like always very excited to see it. 
especially when I was like 15 and 16, when I couldn't see them in the theater. So mm. this movie, Requiem for a Dream, Kids, you know, I wanted to see those movies so badly. And I always had to wait to see them on video. Are those 1996 movies too? They're like mid-90s movies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like, I remember even one time, I even went to a theater in Berkeley when Requiem for a Dream came out and tried to buy a ticket and they asked for my ID. And I was 17 and I was hoping they would let me in. They wouldn't. And I was just like so pissed. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, it's like just be cool, you know? Yeah, and it sucks because this movie would have been awesome to see in the movie theater because I was watching it last night on, there's like a new 4K Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a, like a gorgeous looking movie. Yeah. And when I first saw it, it was on the independent film channel. And back when it was, you know, back when IFC actually showed independent films and I recorded it off TV and I would just watch the VHS all the time and it looked pretty good, sure. but this movie, the thing I really noticed about it this time was how patient it is and how, yeah, how cool it is in that it just like lingers on these people. Uh-huh. And so much of it is unsaid what they're going through. Yeah. It's a lot of James seems where James Spader doesn't say anything and he's just like watching this weird like fetish culture. What other Cronenberg movies have you seen? I've seen The Brood, The Fly, of course. Um, Existence. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, I've seen his movies. I, I did. I, I was. Existence was the first one I saw in the theater. So you never saw Videodrome? I, no, I think I have. I think I've seen Skaters, too. Um, so the thing I realized, whoops, the thing I realized about this movie is that this movie, in a, in a Almost every David Cronenberg horror movie is exactly the same. Yeah. And they could all be, they're essentially all about the same behavior, but like, they just sort of change the adjectives. They just change the, it's like a Mad Libs, hmm, the way like, he writes. Uh, like you talk about like the, uh, the fetishization of like the machine. Or like something like that, like with flesh no. and machine. No, 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 no. Flesh and machine. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always a that's always thematically there. But really yeah. what it is is that his movies are about people who come in contact with something, they are altered, and they are not victims, but then they their behavior changes, mm. and then they they spread that behavior. And the only one that really doesn't fit is the fly, but... Every one of his movies ends with more people infected by the behavior and with an, and there's this element of the behavior is going to continue on. Right, right. So you haven't seen them, but if you've seen Rabid, Shivers, Videodrome. Yeah. Existence definitely ends that way. You it's know, like he's like, making the same story in different. Uh, yes. Yeah. Things. He has a, he essentially has a genre onto himself. Yeah, he found like his own specific story type or like, you know, arc or what is that called? Yeah, he has his own like essentially is there's a arch genre and formula plot? to himself. Arch pl arc plot? Is that what it's called? Like a story that's like yeah, like a like a fate like story structure that is unique to its creator. Yeah. Basically, I mean, all of his like there's he never like in the movies 
there's like a genie that gets taken out the bottle and it's never put back in except for the fly that's the only one with an actual like ending and it's kind of it kind of makes sense you know like he's at the end of the fly jeff goldblum's defeated yeah of course there's the fly too she has a kid but is that that's not really is the fly like and well he didn't it's like it's in a it was a job for hire oh oh gotcha okay well that makes sense but yeah even dead ringers that's such a good move for a director is to like figure out what your thing is and then you that's how you can like do a high volume of output it's like instead of trying to figure out a new story every time because that does take a long time i feel like uh and also your audience is knows what they're in for and yeah, they're satisfied totally well it's like yeah i mean also it's a good for your like i mean this this movie is this is probably my favorite david cronenberg movie that i've seen um because it just feels like it feels like everything that i've seen in his other movies like him like executing it like just perfectly and knowing exactly what he's his like weird i don't know i i mean like well that's what that's what's really that's what's really interesting is that while he has this formula normally in like shivers or rabid it's just like you know these zombified people are like spreading Mm -hmm. you know and it's a very and you know you're watching a horror movie this movie you don't know you're watching a horror movie this is like an art house kind of exploitation movie and i think the thing that really pissed people off when it came out because it was like extremely controversial was that it was it was viewed as an erotic movie yeah it's like a softcore porn basically right it, and that kind of movie like ted turner his company you know War, turner owns warner brothers which owned new line cinema which owned fine line cinema which who released the movie mm. that was like their miramax sub brand and when ted turner found out about the movie he just like put his foot down and was like i'm not releasing this this is smart this you know is, and like this is kinky stuff he's like this is too kinky to release i can't do it i know it's so stupid and it's like it barely got released in the theaters maybe that it means barely... that it, that's ted turner's kink you know what i mean like me thinks thou doth protest too much sort of thing i mean he probably didn't even watch the movie maybe he did i don't know maybe, I, he maybe watched like he of- he like real he got a boner and then he's like what the fuck why is this happening why is this happening to my body a change has occurred to me <laughs> yeah. this has never happened in my entire life yeah maybe he watched that it and he was just rich- like that- what if he was just rubbing his dick the whole time and it just wasn't getting hard he's just like i'm not releasing this <laughs> yeah. i can't this even jerk off he's he's like the colonel in um boogie nights he's just like i can't release this this is fucking <laughs> Yeah, totally. His cock's too small. I'm not even seeing anybody's cock. Dude, what if the what if like very powerful a very powerful distributor or whatever would like like that becomes like a rich man's kink is like releasing like really er- like erotic thrillers into like the family mar- marketplace. And that's how he like uh fucking Ted Turner comes. My yeah, I mean that would be so twisted. <laughs> That would be just, I mean, like, are you talking about Tyler Durden splicing in a little bit of pornography into family-friendly films? basically, yeah. So one thing I realized watching this last night is how similar it is to Fight Club. Mm, Yeah, it is. It's, that's a good, 
double feature for sure. Because James Spader is definitely like a middle manager. He's not a middle manager. He's a he's like a TV producer, but he's like a normie, like Edward Norton. Yeah, for sure. Vaughn, played by Elias Coteus, is definitely like a Tyler Durden type. Wait, no, I thought James Spader isn't he like a director? Is it? But like, was it? Are they directing porn? They're directing car commercials. Oh, why was the first scene his girlfriend getting her ass eaten by that guy? Him and his girlfriend are swingers. Oh, I see. And, and, and then they, they talk have, about it later. Is that yeah? They like the they, they okay. so like that's one thing that really makes the movie good is that um, him and his girlfriend are already like into sex swinging. Yeah, so. it gets us like you know from over the the first little stuff that we don't need to see. Like the yeah, they're not like horror. They're never that's. They're never victims of this. They're never like taken in by this behavior. Of course. Yeah, they're into it. That's just like kind of an extreme for them, you know? But that's a good yeah. tactic for a movie, I feel like, to like start on the more extreme side with your character so you can show some really wild shit. Yeah. And also, it sets up the fact that you're going to see sex scenes over and over again. And also, like every scene, like over and over. Well, the other thing is their sex, if you pay attention to all the physical sex they're having, there are payoffs and arcs to the sexual acts they perform. Um, yeah, I think I get what you're saying. Like, Because in the first scene, it starts off with like, I mean, everything's very thematic and like on point. So you got the airplanes in that hangar, you know, machinery. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Deborah Kara Unger having sex with that with like her flying instructor because she says she's taking um flying lessons oh i see okay so then you okay. have the next scene i mean i've seen this movie like 20 times so yeah this is helpful thank you so then the next scene you got james spader he's in like the studio on production and he's eating the ass of like an asian gaffer or grip right Oh, is that the lady who's in like the torn up jeans layer and you see her butt cheeks? Yes. Gotcha. That's good. Like little, that's like really good storytelling for like an odd detail. It's like seeing well, this, it's like this Asian woman's ass makes kind of mirror appearances at the beginning and the end of the movie. In like and, the, when he see, and when he yeah. sees it again the second time, he's no longer interested because by then he's, oh, damn, he's, yeah. he's into cars. Yeah, this movie's like basically the story of a guy developing a kink and it becoming like too much and then he becomes like a dick or like he needs it yeah i mean i don't think it's 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 not that it ever becomes too much it's just that he comes in contact with the kink and then he watches other people destroy themselves and die through it and he just keeps not only does he keep going he brings his his girlfriend into it or his yeah, wife yeah. into it oh why and yeah. Yeah, they're like... I didn't see the ring. Yeah, the ring is featured in there. The, the ring is featured pretty prominently in the in the um, the first scene where they're together. Oh, okay. Look, it's not like some guy's weird eye that I'll be able to notice immediately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, you have to pay attention. That's the thing. Like, this movie... I watched the movie Vigilante right before this. This mm -hmm. Bill Lustig movie. Okay. From, like, yeah, it looks cool. The poster looks cool. But like, you know, he's, he makes like fun exploitation movies, but yeah, his directing is just so sloppy. 
and it was so nice after watching like so many sloppy movies to just watch like something that's really good yeah crash and it every shot is like so carefully composed there's so much visual information there's so much like storytelling information in every shot yeah totally totally but they're talk but they're talking about things like oh he eats this woman's ass this way and then later on when he eats out rosanna arquette's scar oh he yeah. does it the same way he ate her ass out and then and then it cuts and then he's no longer interested in that asian girl's ass anymore and then, yeah. and they even double down on it by putting her in cutoffs so they have like the scars like the torn up oh clothing. damn very good william very good i'm very impressed with your observation and i'm proud to call you my friend well i mean i i watched a movie yesterday so no no no, no. that's a good one take just, but yeah dude yeah own it feel good I, I mean, we, I look forward to your observations of Rumble in the Bronx and what you can bring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this is this your birthday movie? Is that what you're saying? This is, yeah, this is my birthday movie. This it's comes. Nice this, pick, birthday boy. Happy birthday. This is the of week us. of my birthday. Good job. I, I wanted to pick a movie I knew a lot about because, right. you know. Yeah, totally. No, I'm not. Uh, that's, dude, really congratulations on that observation again just i mean it's so basic Adam. it was so no that's good because you're looking at that you're like why is it why are the jeans torn if you were like me you'd be like oh he just wants us to like see her ass because there was like a, <laughs> she had her ass eaten earlier and he's like you know check out this chick's ass again you're just like you mean they like getting in car crashes i thought they were just horny and they didn't know how to drive yeah i was like these are the worst drivers i've ever seen but yeah so James Spader, he's got his wife. They have sex with other people. They talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's very open marriage. Yes. They're very, they seem very rich, affluent. They have no real issues. And then one night he's working late in a commercial and he's like reading the storyboards while driving. I would say that this couple kind of lives a hedonistic existence. You could say that. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Continue. So then they, um, he gets in a car accident yeah, he goes. He Which drives is his off fault. To, yeah, he's yeah, Certainly he's re, he's literally reading storyboards. Yeah, while driving, and then a guy just like cuts him off and is honking, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa!" And then it's raining, and he slides into oncoming traffic, mm-hmm. and has a head-on collision with uh, another vehicle, and the driver of that vehicle, a man, f- flies through the windshield into his car, and on his hand, you'll see the the decal of the um the hood ornament oh that okay like, I, I didn't pick up on that i got it no. it's like burned into that guy's hand and then james wow. fader's like bleeding and he's like dazed and he looks across and he sees um holly hunter and she's in the passenger seat of the other car and then she's like they make eye contact and she's like struggling to take off her seatbelt. and then as she pulls off her seatbelt, she opens up her shirt at, at the same yes. time quite uh Reve- quite quite a nice little you know, quite a, quite a nice little turn of events for James and the audience too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a silver lining. Yeah, of course. You, mur- you murder course. a man. You, uh, you got to see some titty. You get all banged up. You, know, you break things your even leg. out. Things even out. A guy, an extremely hedonistic sexual deviant <laughs> who has sex with multiple people a week. It's like, oh, a little booby. 
that always helps to ease the blow of you know a tough tough thing yeah i mean this guy that is one thing though like he has sex so often seeing a woman's nipple You're really like, it yeah, should whatever. it should not be that exciting like it should have been the guy went through the windshield and then just like landed right on his dick and just started and he's just like it. yeah he just he's just <laughs> is sucking and he just yeah. gets just and he's just staring at the wife and he's just getting like he's just like blasting cum into her <laughs> dead husband's mouth yeah because he's just gargling he comes really fast because like the velocity that the guy was traveling you know when he starts sucking his dick was so strong that it's like the first pump was like 50 pumps yeah and it has to go through denim because he's yeah. always wearing like jerry seinfeld denim <laughs> of course he jerry seinfeld was the king of 90s fashion I feel like every what is it with the 90s and just guys wearing jeans and sports coats yeah what's the deal there's a hawk outside my window okay somebody <laughs> is having trouble focusing no 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 uh, so but yeah anyway actually, well about the uh about that um uh car crash scene that was that scene was like amazing i thought it's definitely the best car crash in the movie and that's one yeah. thing i noticed watching it last night is like a lot of the car crashes are kind of shitty in this movie well oh interesting we're kind of spoiled you know with like Maybe it's a budget. Big budget thing. action yeah. movies. Yeah, it's not. I think it's a budget, time, and um, safety issue. They just could not afford um, other car crashes that awesome. Yeah, it makes sense that that would be the one, I guess. I, I really like how that uh, car, the, like, I don't know, you don't, I think something that really good movies do a lot is they, like, like they let a moment play out and let you, like, experience what that moment would be like, even those like the weird like quietness of the after after the accident like and you it kind of just lets you like be in that headspace for a second and this movie does that or like you know it's like a really intense experience of a car crash that feels real and that it's like true to how the mo it would play out like in real time really puts you yeah there. by doing that by keeping things so grounded and he gives everything like a layer of surrealism because yeah totally you know, the concept of this movie is completely absurd. There's sure. no fetish. This is not a fetish. This is no one could even, this no is... one would ever fall for this fetish. He's not trying to make it seem like a real fetish. What he's doing is he's making it, he's shooting everything in a cinematic way that makes it interesting. Well, how so? Well, because it ultimately all comes down to chemistry between the, the characters in the scene. And by having him and Holly Hunter make eye contact mm -hmm. with their meat cute of this like yeah. violent car accident where her husband's murdered or dies accidentally. Yeah. More like a meat nasty. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying he makes it, he, he makes it so very clear within just, just by just when you see them with her, with her unbroken eye contact afterwards and like her breasts revealed, you know, within like, 15 minutes they're gonna be fucking oh yeah and it's not even and and you're and you're glad to see it happen you're not <laughs> like oh this is predictable i don't want to see them have sex i yeah. want to see uh the movie's built up built builds to the that act really well i think that first act of the, well, the first time they have sex well yeah because they at built first well. the next thing that happens is they're in the hospital and uh, James Spader, his leg is like bandaged. He has like metal, like a metal brace and 
Yeah. He's really it's, banged he a, up. Yeah. And his girlfriend's there. And, and she's she talking to, to him about a, the guy. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. She tried. <laughs> I was going to say, she tries, she every, tries to give him a, she tries to give him a hand job. Yeah. This He's plot like, is told I, through sex scenes. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And he doesn't want the hand job. Yeah. He turns it. He's like, ah, I don't want that. Because he's no longer attracted to his girlfriend anymore. Yeah, she's not, you know, she's when you're, when you, this movie is kind of, actually, I think it's saying that, like, having a kink is bad. I don't think it's saying that at all. I think it's saying, like, well, it leads, it's destructive. And it's, uh, it's kind of like an addiction. It just gets kind of worse and worse the more you indulge the, the deviancy. Okay, so this movie is saying that everybody it's should be not having missionary that, sex. Okay, just missionary sex. See, the thing is, the movie's saying the exact opposite, and that's why it's good. They're never. It's never when people are hurt, when people die, when people, when people, when they lose friends through who are having accidents and dying. Yeah, as they get brought more and more into the subculture, they are oh, not sad. They are not worried. They don't regret their behavior. They don't question their behavior. They just continue on their behavior because ultimately they're all going to die in a car accident eventually. I mean, they live in a world that is entirely about cars. They're entirely like, surrounded by cars. So the movie has no judgment on their behavior. You're just witnessing their behavior. Pretty sure that it's saying that. No, you're he's saying just, that. He's having vanilla, boring, you know, white Gay person sex. sex. Yeah. <laughs> Mission the missionary position only is what the movie is saying. Anything else is a sin. What? How does the movie and, say that? Uh, well, I mean, just by the, the fact that it's it's kind of like a downward trajectory. It's like a descent for James Spader. And he doesn't go get out of it or anything like that. I don't know. I feel like that's inherently. I'm not saying the movie is saying. Like, I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I, you could have done more of. You could have done a bit. It made a oh, joke. Oh shit! Right, but, right, right, right. But uh, you try to. You just struggle and just hit the ejector <laughs> seat. You're just like, uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I won't do a bit. Look, I just think that. Do you think people want to hear your smart takes, Adam? Of course. They don't. I matter. I'm a person. Okay. Uh, no one wants to hear your opinion. Got it. Because it's not interesting. <laughs> no one wants to hear my opinion. It's not interesting. No, you said that good thing earlier about the genes. That wasn't interesting. No, the only interesting thing I said that was incredibly interesting. Was when the husband face fucked when he face fucked <laughs> the dead body. That was the only thing that's been interesting so far. Yeah, that was that was interesting. You're just uh, you're you're like uh. I'm doing the show. I'm the prodigy. You're the guy in the prodigy that just dances on stage. You're or the you're, bald I'm guy. I'm the money, money boss tones. Okay, I'm the guy that you're the entire. You're the guy that dances. Money, money I'm all eight of them. Oh shit! The horns, the singer, the drums. That's like the whole band. I'm the microphone. Can you imagine if you were in this subculture? Like you started going to underground car crash events, and you're just like, whoa, whoa. I'm going to call 911. I'm going to call the cops. I would, not, car I would not do that. I would not do that. Did you see that? He just hit that guy. <laughs> I forgot that it was a show. 
yeah you just be that's like, what, what i do i guess so <sighs> but yeah so, so he see so they so him and james bader uh he's at the hospital he doesn't want a hand job tire that he's over hand jobs he's over his girlfriend who is incredibly horny and just wants to have sex all the time i thought the movie was saying that he just didn't like hand jobs anymore the the truth is no one likes hand jobs i mean if, if the hand was really soft and had like some nice oil or something i mean it's better than nothing i guess i'm not gonna say that i dislike it nobody likes hand jobs and nobody likes hand jobs from their fucking wife that's for sure <laughs> Are you like doing a Louis C.K. bit right now? I feel like that's an old Louis C.K. bit. I think James Spader should have done stand-up in this movie. Yeah, he was, he's, dressed, he's, dressed he's already dressed it. like a stand-up yeah. comedian. He just needs a brick wall. Totally. So anyway, James Spader is in the hospital. He's like yeah. seeing Holly Hunter all the time. He's they're always looking at each other, and it's it's very tense. You don't know. Like he obviously feels ashamed and guilty because he killed her husband. Yes. But. You know, she don't seem that mad. You know what I'm saying? Once they get out of the hospital, he goes to visit, see his car, like the wreck that's left of his car, and this yeah. like under this like facility under a freeway. And then he sees uh, Holly Hunter there, dressed all in white, like the woman in Vertigo or something. Mm, yeah. The thing that's really interesting about casting Holly Hunter is that she's not someone you would say is like a very sexual yeah person not a you don't think of her as like oh yeah holly hunter she's hot right well that's kind of what his girlfriend or his wife rather is like sultry she's a sultry actor yeah and the thing that makes holly hunter interesting is that she's like a good actress yeah that's why it's like that's why it's really good casting i mean she's a really good actress so just having an actress playing a supporting character like this really elevates Mm. the material and she doesn't really have to her character is not written with a lot of depth, but she feels real in all the moments. And the big, the big scene between the two of them is James Spader sees her in this like car lot with all these broken cars. And he takes her, he's like, you wouldn't need a ride to the airport or I can Mm -hmm. give you a ride. Yeah. And then, so they're in a car, they're riding together and there's like all the sexual tension, like they're, adjusting the seat belts and they're like sweating and they're like grabbing their collars and they're just like, Ooh, James Spader's thinking about when he saw her, her boob getting sweaty. I mean, it's pretty funny, Adam. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Thanks man. Everybody at home is enjoying this. Okay. I'm trying so, to be, uh, I'm trying to dance good for the other Boston's. So <laughs> man, he must <laughs> have a, just wanted to like kick that guy right off the fucking stage so many times. He must be like very charismatic if, if he's gotten himself this gig and they, they didn't start like slowly resenting him over the years. He's like, this guy's just fucking dancing. Like I'm playing the trombone. So yeah, the sexual tension gets too much for them to take and they just, they have to fuck in the airport parking lot in his car. Yeah. And they pull over. Just, well, no, no. Cause they almost get in a wreck. Oh yes. They're, That's, they almost get in a wreck. That's and then they're the just are immediately like, we got to fuck. Yeah, they almost get a wreck in the exact same spot where the wreck occurred. He's on the same uh, stretch of freeway. Damn. And they go back to That's that poetic. area a lot. Yeah. So this then, uh, work. yeah, he's like, want to go to the airport? He's always going to the airport, you yeah. know? He just likes hanging That's, out there. That's where people got to go. Yeah. He just thinks planes are cool. 
that's obviously where the movie production office is and they're right nice. near, next to the Toronto airport and the freeway there and they're constantly shooting. Toronto? What are you talking about? In the same four or five blocks. Is this shot, shot in Toronto? Yeah, this movie takes place. This is a, not only is it shot in Toronto, it takes place in Toronto. Okay. If I, These are Canadians. So Johnny Mnemonic took place in Toronto. Rumble in the Bronx. No, it took shot place in, in Newark. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic was shot in Toronto. Rumble in the Bronx is shot in like Vancouver, I think. So we're doing a lot of Canadian productions. It was big out. in the 90s to shoot in Canada. Sure, sure. But Cronenberg anyway. says in the commentary that like it was a big deal that the movie actually took place in Toronto and wasn't mm. just like a, like a faux New York. Sure. The, Tor- the Torontoans appreciated that? Yeah, the state government were like, oh, in that case. They finally got like, you know, some representation on film. Real Torontoans. Tor- Real Toronto, erotic, yeah. violent cinema. The most erotic city in the world, Toronto. But it could be any city in, a, in the world. I mean, sure. any, I thought it was in, LA, in to be honest, but I wasn't, you know, just cause, I assumed because of the cars. And because it was you thought Miami. I was in LA because the sun was never out the entire time. It's overcast the entire movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why. I mean, it. I was thinking about the way I watch all these movies shot in downtown LA, and it's like the same four blocks. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was like really paying attention if like how often they repeat locations, and they do it all the time. But I don't... But it's I don't just really like kn- pavement and like cars, you know? So it, it's like supposed to be like... Just like buildings and roads, man. <laughs> Just I like mean, yeah, I guess there's actual locations that streets repeat, and corners. I think the idea is that the uh, it's like a con- asphalt sort of like suburb, a sprawl sort of. Thing yeah, I know what not- they're doing. <laughs> okay, they're making it look like any city in the world. Sure, sure. And but, David Cronenberg telling this, the people of Toronto, like, no, this is a Toronto movie. But it's also like I he's like, obviously getting money from the government. Like he knows how to play the game. But the right? world he understands is like, the world that he shows is just yeah. It's very highway generic. and car. No, not that it's generic. It's that it's just highways and cars basically. Or like the frame background of the frame is like full of cars all the time. You think that's a? On I know. I know. Yes, it is on purpose. But I'm saying is when it's, I was watching the, I was thinking of it as like a production thing. Like sure. You know, they obviously have to sh- go around. Yeah, I mean, it works both ways. And shoot in good. the same areas over and over again because it's easy. Yeah. So they start fucking. James, uh, Holly Hunter starts. She already knows Vaughn. She already knew yes. him before. She's like recently in that world, right? A little bit she of a She already knew him. So yeah. he was, he reached out to her very quickly and then, you know, he can spot James Spader as being into this kind of thing. And he's Vaughn is like the Tyler Durden of the fetish. He's played by Elias Coteus, who's I just think of him from this movie in Exotica as like the king of Canadian erotic thrillers. Okay. But uh he's most famously known as Casey Jones in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Of course. I noticed that right away. Yeah. He's he was completely overqualified for that role, and I hope he got paid <laughs> yeah. a lot of money because him and Sam Rockwell are like the only two good sure, actors. Sure. And I guess, I mean, I guess Corey Feldman. Oh yeah, that's good. cool. I forgot. I always forget about that. Yeah, Elias Proteus is great in this movie. I mean, yeah, he's obviously like a De Niro sort of guy, right? You'd say. Yeah, he's like a sleazy Italian, and um, <laughs> yeah, a wop. He 
So he's like really into the car crashes. He's like obsessed with them. He, they perform a staging of the death of like James Dean, where they have the the little bastard car, like a replica. Yeah, like Elias Coteus is giving like a, it's like a show and it's like really good. That'd be a fucking amazing show to see. Like he he's yeah. like kind of intros it and like stor- tells the story of it and stuff. It's quite gripping, I thought. And they and they perform a real car crash with no safety measures. He said no seatbelts. No seatbelts because they weren't wearing seatbelts. So it's like a it's like um, they're kind of like junkies in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know? totally. or, I mean, it's like an addiction movie. Well, it's not an addiction kind of. movie. I mean, sexual yes. addiction. That's what. They what it really is, it's a lot like Point Break and Fight Club. Oh, point, oh yeah, Point Break, get, getting like lured into like an underworld. Yeah, by a, a charismatic leader. Yeah. But the cool thing about this movie is, he has no problems losing himself. There's no thing at the end like, "Hey, we yeah. gotta set this right." Yeah. Hey, yeah, Vaughn, totally. Vaughn's too crazy. Like they just, they're always down. To go further and further and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And that's what people want to see. That puts asses in the seats. Uh, honestly, that's probably what makes people hate the movie more than anything else. Yeah, I because guess people Ameri- have a tendency to yeah want them characters to like be like them. That's why Ted Turner didn't like, most likely. He just didn't like yeah. the absolute nihilism of the movie. But yeah, that's the thing that makes it cool. Dick when he was watching it. Well, he couldn't get it hard. Right, right. He's squeezing it, trying to destroy it. That, that Christian redemption at the end, he just was like yeah. not having it. That's when he, he usually splooges. When he watches um, It's a Wonderful Life, he splooges at the end yeah. when, during the happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like people this... are, you know, it's so... Actually, honestly, another reason why I... The only thing is, is are you... T- do you think this movie is sexy, William? I used to masturbate to this movie when I was a teenager. Okay. Just because um, I like nudity and I didn't have any other pornography. Did this, so I, do you have a f- car c- crash kink because of it? No. I have a, na- I have a naked actress kink. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mr. Skin. But, um... Oh, wait. We gotta do one. Um, fucking... Wait. Hold don't on. let it happen organically. Just force it. <laughs> but I want you said you said that it's we should. It's funny like, you can't even just shit. name an actress. It's like um, first actress pops. Talia Shire. Talia Shire. Hmm. Was she naked in Simon? I'm trying and to think of good hers? ones. That's, <sighs> That's well, a tough one. I don't know. I, if she I ever, got you already, I dude. I don't know if she ever got naked. I, you know, the only saving grace is like when you don't know. That also, I feel like, means that she's probably not. But you know that that's with like that's the proof, and then otherwise you've got to take this out. I didn't hear any of that. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. A video was played. Yeah, no nudity. Well, that's your yeah. I mean, when you don't know, I just looked it up on Mister Skin. No nudity. Damn. So I was correct. You using Mister Skin is like some sort of inception, sort of dream within a dream. Well, that's how I verify. Thing. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, you still, you still respect. I was thinking. I wasn't Mr. thinking Skin. of Talia Shire. I was thinking of Talissa Soto. Mr. Skin is very respected. People don't like second guess what Mr. Skin tells them. So if you, the closest thing that Talia Shire ever did to a nude scene is probably in Windows, 
when she, um, standing in a when she's like raped mm-hmm. at knife point. Oh, it's just, it's the only movie Gordon Willis ever directed. Oh yeah yeah yeah, I've heard of that. And it's cool. like this utterly insane, um, Hitchcock De Palma kind of thriller. That sounds great. I want to watch that. It's like brilliantly shot. It um, looks amazing. It's just, but it's just kind of like it's so dark. It's like absurd. It also. Um, oh, that's funny. It's just kind of Prince of Darkness. His tone is just—he doesn't really have any control of tone, so that some of the acting's pretty bad. It, some of the pacing is bad, and it's like super pretentious. But it's sure. like a cool early '80s movie. Um, yeah. But let's uh, see. Hold should, on. Let's see if I was—I thought you—you you were talking about Talissa Soto. Oh. So let me oh. see if I'm correct with her nude scene. I see. Brief nudity. Brief. Don I never Juan really understood what that means. Don Juan DeMarco. Wow. I mean, it's like butt. Oh, okay. Brief means butt. Oh, she, she she shows her boobs in um, Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> Sounds like I got to watch Don Juan DeMarco. I can't wait to see boobs. I got to watch an entire movie just to see boobs once for like two seconds. I'll, I'll watch a two hour movie for that. Yeah. It's Spike Bensonhurst, not Simon. Thank you for issuing that correction. Yeah, well, I, I gotta be, I gotta be on top of things. Sure, you know, sure, this, sure. Po- this podcast is forever. If you, if you sound like a complete idiot <laughs> on this podcast, no one will ever forget it, and it'll be <laughs> on record. Um, fuck, that's a lot of pressure. Um, so yeah, he sees this crazy, cool, amazing car show. Probably the best show that any of us could ever see. He's at, it's like he's at medieval times, but like the best version of that. And he's not eating, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he's just eating a turkey leg. <laughs> Watching this car crash show. That'd be cool. That'd be a fun detail if he was just holding a turkey leg and eating it the whole time. If oh, yeah, do they serve snacks at these car crash shows? Yeah. Come on, Vaughn. I mean, you want to yeah. make, you got to pay. Because they're, pa- they're an extra buying a lot there. of, ca- they're buying a lot of cars. They're crashing them. It's got to be expensive. Of course. Where and they're they like their souping up cars and shit. Like, yeah, that, uh, yeah, they have fucking uh, James Dean car. That's gotta be. And they just wrecked it without selling any turkey legs. I don't understand how the economics of that work. What's funny is we went to Medieval Times for your birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they was... didn't even give us turkey legs. They gave us like boiled chicken garbage shit. <laughs> like a, and they called a Cornish it a game baby. Hat? Is that what it was? Like a baby dragon. Oh, that's weird. I, didn't, I forgot about that. I don't want to eat a baby dragon. It's like eating a lizard. No, thank you. Did you ever see the Super Mario Brother movie? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of lizard eating in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course movie. I have seen that movie. I haven't seen uh, fucking Amar Cord, but I've seen the Super Mario Brother movie. Yeah, well, Amar Cord does have a cool seat where like four... 12-year-old boys jerk off in a car together, but Fuck, it's kind of long. I got to see Amarcore. It's a lot of nostalgia. I kind of prefer the Super Mario Brother movie. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot, it's, it's fun. And they really captured the game, too. Those uh, directors who made that, they created Max Headroom. Okay. So they just made everything in Body that movie work. look like Max Headroom. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Dennis Hopper really They're just like, we like... don't know what to do. We just <laughs> Let's just make it look like Max Headroom. Yeah. Which I believe is like a Pepsi or Coke commercial. Yeah, I, I think, think it's he was Pepsi. A, or is it Coke too? Mm, oh, like and then it just—it was such a popular commercial. They made a show. Damn, that's some earnest shit. 
in any so case. So then once, after this like car accident show, yeah. James Spader is just like all in yeah. with these car accident people. He's um, he's hanging out with Elias Coteus, Rosanna Arquette, Holly Hunter. There's this one guy. The driver. Who who dies pretty quickly after he's the driver. And he's he's like the extreme fetishist of the subculture. He's the guy who like hangs from the ceiling by his nipple piercings. The the next one is Jane Mansfield that they want to do, and they because yeah, they, they replicate car famous car crashes. But they do it for real, and they um, yeah, they actually he actually gets in an accident on the freeway and dies, and he's dressed like Jane Mansfield. Yeah, with and Vaughn doesn't know this. He didn't tell Vaughn, and Vaughn and James Spader are like driving through the accident, and. Um, yeah, Elias Coteus is pissed. He's taking photos, and then he's just like, oh, my God. The dog. The dog is brilliant. And there's, like, a dead little dog in the car. Yeah. All the details of the accident. Little chihuahua. That scene's awesome. Yeah. That's a great scene. And uh, and they sit, that, they're, like, sitting by the, like, the girlfriend sits, by, it, like, he brings his girlfriend along to that. James Spader yeah, does. Or his wife. Um and so he's like bringing her, kind of showing her the that world or whatever. And then they're like sitting by the the car crash victims, like as they're kind of like stunned and bleeding. A little voyeurism in the in this kink fest. William's favorite movie, Kink Fest. Kink Fest twenty twenty. There's probably really a kink fest <laughs> out there. Of course. There's I a, mean that name is if you're gonna have a, a kink fest, the first thing you're gonna have is a fist fest. <laughs> in san francisco what's that and, about uh, what happens there people bump this they talked about it on the howard stern show and yeah. the guy the interviewer like the the stuttering john type guy who was going there and asking people questions he said it smelled so much like poppers that he was just getting he was just lightheaded being in the room <laughs> so you know what poppers are right yeah it's like the drug you take and it like relaxes your butthole yeah do you know what the drug is also used for and sold as what VCR cleaner. Oh yeah. I've heard that. So at a lot of gay, um, not just gay, but a lot of like sex shops would sell VCR cleaner. Nice. And it's just poppers. Damn, that's da- muscle that's, relaxants. That's well, they really figured out how to do their thing. Well, it's just a common thing you do to sell drugs under the, under the table. And then no, you I mean using like, the poppers to relax for, for fist fest. They figured out how to put on Fist Fest. It's like a well-run event. It's not I like Fire Fest. That's true. You know, it, it goes off without a hitch every year. You, you should definitely go to Fist Fest this year. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're think, if you're on the fence, I would, I would yeah, recommend yeah. it. You're going to have a Just social, time. Wear a mask, social distance, but if, you, if you're interested, yeah. you will be taken care of. Yeah. There will be, and there will be no documentaries made about it. Right, yeah, you can be rest assured of that. You won't see Jaw Rule anywhere. Or maybe you will. Getting fisted. But yes, uh, so they go to the car crash. They find the guy, the stunt car driver. He's dead. He, uh, he rode the lightning. Uh, and then, well, the wife is gone. Or like James Spader and the wife fuck. And they, they're getting more kinky and shit or maybe the wife is actually she's like saying like did you did you like she's talking about like a guy he or like him getting fucked by a guy or something like that like they're dirty talking no that's before this 
Oh, uh, okay. But um, they're starting to set up the fact that they're both attracted to Vaughn. Mm. You well, know, a powerful and, commanding presence. Well, they're like swingers, you know, so they're just like. Oh, sure. That's how they get off. I get every person they meet, they just talk about in bed. They're just like, did you right. see the mailman today? <laughs> yeah. Describe what his anus looks like. Yeah. And James Spader's just like fucking the shit out of her. She's like, oh my God, the mailman. These people are t- just horny all the time. They're so horny. Why are these people so horny? When do they stop? You know? When they die, you know, they fucked, they, they're, they're in it to win it, you know? None of them have kids. But don't you like, you know, when you bust, don't you like take a break? Not these people. Let's take a break. I bust it. Yeah. <laughs> I bust it. Break time. I got orange slices. <laughs> yeah, that's when you have a Let's have snack. a high. Hey, you guys want a high C? <laughs> yeah. Elias Cotea, she's passing around snacks. Let's, guys, let's take a break and just sort of, <laughs> let's just do a stretch. They need to get their electrolytes. Roseanne Arquette is dragging her her leg through in a brace. Yeah. They just pop Ooh, on the high, TV. High C. Yeah. Or uh, not high C. Um. What's the drink with the pouches? Capri Sun. She's just like, oh, Capri oh, Sun, yeah. orange slices. Oh, yeah. That would be great after Boston. Maybe like a fruit roll-up. These are like the best things to eat after Boston, it sounds like. These fruit snacks. All right, break time's over. Let's get back to fucking and car crashes. <laughs> yeah, so the, anyway, they, they're horny again, and they fuck. And then, and then uh, James Spader's, he's not like going to work anymore or anything like that, or we don't see it, but he's like... He, he, we see him go to work. <laughs> okay, it's okay. We do see it. Uh, but this isn't having any negative effect on his life or his relationships. Yeah, um, but he's yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, his wife just wants to get into it more and more. Yeah, it's like they're um, bringing them together. But he's basically fuck. What happens is he starts fucking like everybody. So he has sex with like Roseanne Arquette. Mm-hmm. He stops having sex with Holly Hunter. It's it's no longer satisfying. Yeah. Because ultimately, he's like more attracted to Vaughn. When he has sex with Holly Hunter, he, she has this giant gash and scar in the back. No, of her Rosanna leg. Arquette. Yes, Rosanna Arquette, and um, he eats it out like that Asian girl's ass, which is yeah. Well, it looks like a great pussy. scene. It looks like a pussy, but on purpose, I think. Something knows, tells me it's on purpose. He likes to eat things out, so. He gets all in there. He just fucks the shit out of it. Comes. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Ted Turner probably almost got hard watching it, but yeah. you know, he's like a sallow guy. He probably needs more. Yeah, it's just not. It's too tame. He's like, this is what my kids do. Yeah. They they fuck each other's. They make new holes in each other. I'm a tycoon. Yeah. You know, I made the Atlanta Braves walk around all nude wearing dog collars and I led them around on leashes. Yeah. He could have done that too. I bet. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, I'm sure he did. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a tycoon. He's, he's um, rich. He, he, run, made, he, 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 he fucks Monk. He fucked uh, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. But he made it Tony Shalhoub dress up as Monk and be in the Monk character. And he fucked him. That's how powerful he is. He's like, I don't know if there's going to be a season three. Yeah. Zip. Yeah. And it went on for many seasons. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, boy. There's definitely some germs on that. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. 
I haven't seen Monk, but I imagine he just talks like the lawyer from the man who wasn't there. He's just like, ah, we're in a real tough situation here. No, actually, yeah, actually, Monk is really he's gives a really good performance, and it's not like that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, let's not. I didn't know what you were referencing, so I guess I know. <laughs> it's fine. You just so like, he's getting bored. Well, he keeps like flirting more and more with Vaughn. Like at first, they get a hooker. Yeah, they do that. He drives and while a Vaughn fucks Vaughn the hooker. Fucks the hooker so that's like them kind of starting their, their flirtation. Yeah, and then they fuck. Um, James Spader brings in his wife, and Elias Cote is just like rough, has very rough, violent sex with her in the back of his car. <laughs> and like during the world's longest automatic car wash. Yeah. Thank God it was that long. Otherwise, they'd be like, oh, God, like scrambling to pull their pants on, put their nipples away and stuff. There's this automatic car wash on that's a shell by Alvarado Mm -hmm. in Echo Park that I like to go to. And it's I mean, it's like two minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it would be and it's not. Do you get your nipples sucked while you go through it? I can't imagine just like driving slowly through it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm about to have a it's going to be a very racy yeah. Car wash. Another another car wash sex scene is in Tangerine. That's a, a great better, one. That's he a goes down one. on a he goes down on a beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a long car wash. That is. And that's a real one. Yeah, totally. I would like to go I was watching that movie, I was like, this looks like a great car wash. I gotta find where this is. This that should be on like the East. maps you got at Hollywood and Highland of like movie locations. Yeah, where's this car wash for me? It's in East Hollywood somewhere. I'm looking for it. Yeah. Could be in the valley. Spend all you spend like your entire vacation to Hollywood just looking for this car wash. Just because I want to wash my car, I'm just like yeah. It, it just it just looked like a great car wash. Yeah, 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 sure. I'm like I'm picking up trans hookers. I'm like, hey, do you know like a good car wash? You gotta see this car wash. It's great. Yeah, I'm gonna go down on you, but yeah, of I'm course. just wondering if you know about any car washes. <laughs> Is that what? Do you have any Johns to take you to car wash? Yeah. So Vaughn fucks the prostitute. Uh, yeah, they're getting, things he are fucks happening. his wife, dude. He fucks his wife, and then she's just covered with scars. And then James Spader is, like, kissing her scars. And I think oh, yeah. this is the scene where it's really an interesting scene because she's starting to tear up, and she's essentially yes. sexually assaulted. By Vaughn. But they don't stop the relationship with Vaughn, you know? It actually, I think James Spader's all into it. She, her feelings in that scene are very interesting because you don't know how she feels. You, she doesn't say anything. I mean, but based on their behavior that they keep going through with these, with this activity. Oh, you think she's an unwilling participant at this point? I think she, no, I think she is a willing participant or I think she's, I feel like there's some conflict within her. It's an interest. It's really interesting. I I think you could read that scene so many different ways, and that's one of the things that makes it um, makes the movie dangerous and fun. Mm, yeah, and cool. Yeah, the movie is like challenging the audience too, being like, "Do you like this? Is this you?" Uh, hey, everybody, stop the movie. I just have a question. <laughs> Do you like the movie? <laughs> are you having? Are you having a good time? It's just like director's face on the camera, like really blurry. Hey everybody! Um, do you like it? Raise your she hand just if you're got, having a good time. Did everybody like the rape scene <laughs> and the woman crying and bruised afterwards? Yeah, 
So she, wait, hold on. Why does she have scars? Did I miss that? Why does his wife have because scars? Because he's violently grabbing her and fucking her and like assaulting her in the back of the car wash. Oh, she has scars later, you're saying? That's directly the scene after that. Oh, I see. Sorry, sorry. Um, Look, it's a confusing movie. I mean, the thing it is, is you're, it's, 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 a dr- it's like a dream state. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know where you're going or they don't have any goals, you know? Yeah. There's nothing like. They are kind of like wand or he's like wandering through. He's just world. wandering through it. Yeah. And they're all being pulled by someone else. So Vaughn definitely has goals. Vaughn has things he wants to accomplish. And eventually uh, Vaughn reaches out to James Spader and he's like, I'm getting tattoos. You got to check this out. So there he's. He's getting like all these car tattoos on the scars of his body. Yeah. And the big thing, fucking like he, they say in the movie, yeah, he's pretty fucking cool, dude. <laughs> Get tattoos on scars. I'm That's getting what Dolly some tattoos. Yeah, I'm getting some tattoos, dude, on my scars. Getting cars. Got a Ferrari he call, here. Yeah, this is a Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a, this is a car from Tokyo Drift. Yeah. So my ass. <laughs> so when you fuck me in my ass, you're actually fucking the car from Tokyo Drift. They just have. He's just. That's like the end of the movie. He's like, I got, I got this really cool Civic, souped up Subaru, and Civic, and they're like on my ass cheeks. So you got to squeeze them together, and then you just, just like fuck my ass. Yeah. James Spader is just like, eyes are rolling in the back of his head, just convulsing. <laughs> The music is like playing that haunting like guitar music. Oh yeah, the score. Totally. Good score. And Elias Cote is just like cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, like the guy from Salo. The cover of Midnight Club is just on Elias Cote's butt cheeks. There's a lot of nipples, nipple stuff in this. What are you what's your interpretation of that? Well, I feel like the nineties was a very breast heavy time. It was a nipple heavy There's decade. like it's not you know, when you think of the 90s, you don't think of, like, great asses. Yeah, that, yeah, for sure. Like, no ass. Asses were not even, like, thought about. It was just about having as huge a, pla- a fake. Yeah. You just need a big beach ball, giant yeah. boobs. Yeah. Like Jenny McCarthy. That's like, or Pam Anderson. Of course, the Pam blonde, Anderson. The Baywatch babes. Yeah. Although there was an actress on that show that had, like, a but like a, she, her thing, I think she was hired because if she had a huge ass in the in the, like the second oh, yeah. season, I've seen oh. like, I've watched a Baywatch. Well, who was that? Uh, Nicole Eggert. I feel like her thing was she had normal boobs, but she had a big ass. Really? Yeah they they were like wait a minute we're missing some representation in this on our team of lifeguards. So Nicole, I just, gotta, I just gotta Google something real quick. People with huge. I'm familiar asses. with her work in the. <laughs> I hear you typing. She's in this like Roger Corman movie I liked oh, in nice. the '90s. The, oh yeah, she is kind of at, she is pretty ass heavy, but she does have big, uh, big boobs also. Yeah. The Fall of the House of Asser. Is that the Roger Corman movie she was in? Yeah. Whenever of, I talk about Pooper. Roger Corman movies, you think I'm talking about movies he directed. Oh. When. Sure, those sure. Are, was, those are like the worst movies he's in <laughs> or he made. Okay, for real. Um, no, he's in this one where it's kind of like Black Scorpion. Yeah, 
That's not that sounds that's a badass. No, title. these are I'm talking nineties. Oh yeah, she's in the demolitionist. That one's cool. Double O Kid is pretty awesome. Blown away. I mean, she's in a bunch of these. Damn, I didn't know she had that that sort of Yeah, Demolitionist cool is the one. Movie career. Robert Kurtzman. That's like a like a Sam Raimi kind of guy. Damn. I gotta see some more Nicole Eggert movies. Her filmography. Yeah, man. Nicole I Double O Kid is fucking nuts. That's a um Corey Hay movie. Okay. That I used to watch a lot as a kid and of course. It's like they would run it on cable all the time and Well, this is an awesome poster. The whole thing and the whole style is completely bizarre. Yeah, Brigitte Nelson's in it, Wallace Sean's in it. Oh, this looks um, awesome. The dwarf from uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh Gimli. Yeah. That's a from stacked cast. Jones. Karen Black. Seth Green. And yeah, this just like an arcade scene that's like completely nuts. I love Nuts Arcade scene. Does it take place on like a chessboard or something like that? <laughs> I'm looking at the poster and it's like an insane. Well, the bad guy's like a games master, I think. Mm. So obviously only a teenager can... Take a him teenage down. spy is the only one who can solve the mystery. Yes, of course. The it's kind of like okay. Big Fat Liar, that Frankie Muniz movie. Oh, Or yeah, Cor- and it, and Cody Banks, Agent Cody Banks. Sorry. And watching sorry, this trailer now, it's like all the sets are just like warehouse locations in downtown LA or nice prism pictures wow this is real garbage <laughs> i wish there was more companies like prism pictures these days just cranking out crazy shit yeah the straight to video 90s was uh, a cool time yeah they can't even like make movies at this budget anymore they're now even they're like so much cheaper they're like so much less expensive i mean that's the nice i the thing i liked about crash was that it felt like it, you know, it's just like a, it feels like a sleazy, low budget video movie, but it's like an art house version of that, or like a softcore, you know, just like a Skinamax movie that you would see, but like done as good as possible. And like, yeah, like and also, I think they're coming off of uh, Showgirls in '95, mm. which is NC 17, and it just became impossible to release those movies in the nineties. They just couldn't make any money. And the NC 17 rating, you didn't really see much after crash. Like, Oh, NC, crash for a dream. NC 17. That's cool. Yeah. Crash. Like Requiem for a dream went out unrated. And then I feel like after Requiem for a dream, the thing was they would just release the movies unrated. Happiness is unrated. Ah, uh, I see. Dude, that's kind of a time. Yeah. Like a specific time of like the NC 17 movie that was like a 90s phenomenon kind of like that bruce Willis one color night yeah yeah the the thing is it all it all became irrelevant after the sopranos and like the tv ma rating is so much worse than any r-rated movie like you can get away with things with tv ma because it's self-regulated yeah like you could see dick and stuff you could see like erect penises on HBO now. Like Euphoria yeah. has like erect penises. And I mean they've they've been doing that oh, for a dear. long time. And you know, Crash, like you don't even see anyone's penis in the whole movie. Yeah, what the fuck? Such a ripoff, you know? dude. You wanna see some pee? And now that's like old hat. Of course, yeah. People are like, who cares? Ever since um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, you're just seeing penises all the time in movies. Yeah. 
What's your favorite movie penis? Mm, that's a good question. I was thinking about um, in uh, To Live and Die in L.A., you see oh, yeah. his dick. And it's kind of funny. Uh, that's see a William good Peterson's penis. penis. Yeah. And, uh, and the William? commentary track freaking's like, I let him block his own sex scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's why you see William Peterson's penis, because he, uh, he, he's showing it off to the camera on purpose. William Peterson's a freak, man. He should be in like the crash world. He would be good in a Cronenberg movie. He's he's a Steppenwolf guy, I think. Oh, okay. So uh, that's a good idea, by the way, for a director to do to be like to the actors, like, "Hey, do you figure you do this? I don't want to tell you how to. I want to tell you how to fuck." You know what I'm saying? He's like, "No problem," and he just starts he just starts jerking off on <laughs> yeah. the girls feet really hard <laughs> yeah. and just slapping his dick he's just like come on yeah come on he just puts his his dick because stays completely soft and he puts like his nuts in a vice yeah he has like or he has one of those inflatable things he just like inflates his balls <laughs> yeah yeah starts hitting the poppers and just yeah and william freaking opens like, his uh that's not what i was william freaking's like this is gold baby this <laughs> is gold it's just you know it's just a normal like cop sort of thing like he inserts the thing and then inflates it and that's how he comes like all cops he's like popeye doyle the real popeye doyle told me they used to do this back in the 60s during the french connection time yeah um i wish i had one of those on set with uh linda blair on the exorcist hey man max v max von Sydow could not get a rod <laughs> ellen burston has no ass <laughs> um yeah crash is pretty hot stuff and then you remember what david cronenberg looks like and you're like what the fuck no yeah i remember when i when we saw <laughs> good times when that came out you're like so the doctor at the beginning of good time is david cronenberg <laughs> i thought it was <laughs> i don't know why i felt so sure about that without and it was like, googling and it's just this like <laughs> complete non-actor I can't believe you remember that everything well, I've said just, is, it, is being held against is like kept by a record of it and then held against me later look but, I'm a David Cronenberg like super fan that guy looked like David Cronenberg okay am I wrong Simpl it's a pretty now, easy mistake thought it was clever casting to cast like a creep old creepy listen, guy as the you fool you utter fool Oh boy. David Cronenberg has acted in many movies. He's in Jason X. <laughs> Hell yeah. That sounds cool. Nightbreed. Nice. He plays Buttonface. He plays, uh, you know, per, per, like weird pervy guys, right? I'm just guessing. Um, not in Jason X. Okay. But that's his type. And let's face it. He's a maybe pervert. He is. Yeah. He's definitely a pervert. He's yeah. He's got this weird. Anybody ever asked him like, "Hey, what's the deal? Why is, why are you always like having people like rub machines and put their nipples on car hoods and stuff?" I don't think anyone's ever asked him that. Um, what's the deal, dude? This this theme of his is not normally talked about. Yeah, I I don't feel like maybe I'm the first to notice. Um. So yeah. So you used to beat off to this movie, and now, well, you can't get hard anymore. But yeah, so now you watch I mean, it. Now, 
I can I, I look at it like nostalgia, like oh yeah, this used to get me off when I was sixteen. Yeah, and just a clear fluid just dribbles out of your flaccid penis when you watch it. It's a tear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like shedding the, a tear. It's like the Native American guy from the sixties in that in the poster, like the one tear comes out for what what used to be. Um, oh, I know where we left off. We left off at the uh, tattoos or whatever, and he. Vaughn Elias Cotas is getting cars, cool cars tattooed on his body, like race cars and and, and yeah. like a, a Yamaha. We're talking about motorcycle. Midnight Club. If you had the Midnight Club tattoo on your ass, yeah. And then James Spader is like, oh, he's like, I want you to get this tattoo to James Spader, and it's like the symbol that, that was burned in the guy's hand, right? Exactly. Yes. And then the next thing we see, <laughs> I got it. The two of them are in a convertible making out yeah. underneath a overpass. That's when I was like, this, this movie's fucked up. That's when I was like, this movie delivers. And this is a very important and great scene in the movie and just in the history of film because when these two guys start going at it, kissing, and then eventually Elias Coteus turns around, bends over, and lets James Spader fuck him in the ass. This is such a great scene because this doesn't happen in The Master. Mm. This doesn't happen in Fight Club. Mm -hmm. This doesn't happen in Point Break. Yeah. You know, all these other movies, they're just skirting around it. They're just flirting with the idea. Yeah, it's always subtext. Yeah, and they never give the audience what they want. And in this movie, yeah, they fuck. And then the fucking isn't even like Mm. the climax to the relationship in the scene because the next thing that happens is oh sure after they fuck uh james fader gets in this old wrecked car and then elias coteus is just like driven he's like horny he's like so (laughs) hyped up he just rams his giant beast of a car directly into james fader yeah but and but they don't but james fader like he's he flinches he like jumps he jumps to the other seat i think and like so elias codius is like oh he's not ready or he's not that's he's not, not real what happened that's not what's happening at all are you so think, are you sure well, james fader is completely taken by surprise by it okay but elias Coteus is just like he's like getting hornier and hornier <laughs> and he does it like three times and then he and he's not like oh he isn't ready he just like he's just he just drives away because that's like part of the flirt, the hunt, you know, oh, that's part yeah. of the relationship. And relationship. Then the next day, his James Spader's wife is like, someone hit my car. And then James Spader walks up to it, puts his hand on it. Like, uh, fucking Doogie Hauser puts his hand on the brain bug at the end of Starship Troopers. And he's like, Oh yeah. It, it's Vaughn. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no shit, it's Vaughn. We just saw the last scene. So then... Um, <laughs> He's the only car crash fetishist that you know. It's probably that guy. And then the next scene, James Spader's driving with his wife, and then Vaughn, they're on the freeway. It's nighttime. Vaughn is, like, chasing them. He's cutting around traffic. He's hitting them and then speeding up and slowing down, taunting them. And this Does scene he- is awesome. Yeah. Because... Yeah. My biggest pet peeve with driving scenes in movies is when they just have a giant light in the car. 
Yeah. And they do a, they do a really good job in the, in the scene of keeping it dark, but putting in a little light. Well, this is, uh, yeah, I thought I would, I would actually noted the light, light as well, because it's like the cars are, there's very dark. You just see the actors, but also for the cars and stuff, all you see are the headlights. It's like the cars are, well, it's like a big, and it's like the, cl- the climactic scene and shit. So like you're, yeah, well, you're, it's not the climactic scene in a lot of ways. It kind of, it you, you think it should be right. Like, yeah. But one of the funniest things about the scene is um, they're driving, they're going back and forth, they're, they're hitting each other, they're getting rammed. Are they scared of him? You can't really tell because they're so like cool and passive. Yeah. But they don't want to die. They're trying to stay alive. And then Elias Koteas just goes, <laughs> and then he just, he just drives off and you just hear a sound off camera yeah. And what would have been an awesome car wreck to film, you completely don't see. Yeah. And this is like my big, this is like the big failure of David Cronenberg is that he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how, or he's not, he doesn't even want to direct set pieces. He doesn't even want to direct big, violent, cinematic moments. He he cares strictly about the interpersonal relationships of the characters if you think about all the action scenes in his movies, and I guess the the one action scene that he is universally praised for is in um, Eastern Promises. It's the nude fight scene. Sure. But even that is, I mean, it's not like a De Palma scene. It's not like a suspenseful scene. Yeah. And you could even argue that's like an homage to um, the naked wrestling scene in Women in Love. You know, like that was done 50 years before. All right. It's the first penis in uh, British film. Whoa. I got to see one in love. Ken Russell. It's his like, it's like the first movie Ken Russell made that he got like universally praised and people are like, this guy is going to be a great filmmaker. He's going to challenge the world. And then he just made like completely psychotic (laughs) movies for the next 15 years. And people were, were like. He just had. He just became less and less relevant, even though his movies were awesome. Okay, but but I digress. So, sure. like, History of Violence has some cool shootouts, but Cronenberg doesn't really do the cat and mouse thing. He doesn't do the the De Palma thing, like the carry thing of just like ratcheting up tension. Yeah, and just having this awesome payoff in this awesome moment. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it feels like the crash happens kind of randomly. Or like out of nowhere. Maybe that's like a thing about. It's like a budget thing or a scheduling thing. Or it feels. I mean, I mean, that's also like the thrill of it is like you never know when it's coming. I guess. It just seems like it should have been a bigger moment, and I get it would have been really hard because he's on a freeway and he passes down off the freeway and lands on a bus. Yeah. Which that looks cool, but it's like a, it's like a tableau. It's like a sculpture. It's. It's like they. It's set dressing. You know, you don't see the car go into the bus. Yeah. But there's another element to all this, which I think is intentional, and that is I don't think Cronenberg wants this to be the the climax of the movie. Um, okay. I don't think he I don't think he's trying to make it the big moment because it isn't the big moment. It isn't the big scene because okay. the next scene is the big scene. Sure. Which is James Spader 
after surviving that car chase with Vaughn, mm-hmm. he is now driving Vaughn's car and he picks it up from a car lot and the voice of the guy at the car lot is Cronenberg. A little trivia for you. Oh, okay. That's fun. He's off screen. And um, so James Spader is now in Vaughn's car and he's driving, weaving through traffic, mm. going into oncoming traffic and back in his lane and he's chasing his wife. Yeah. Well, they're trying to practice the kink now without their leader. Well, they're not practicing. Or they're participating. They're kinking they're pr- it up. It's not just that they're participating. It's that they're... If you if you felt in the last scene that they were threatened by Vaughn, it's interesting that in this scene, he is actively doing what Vaughn was doing to them. Yeah. And Va- and, and, and she is in, into it too, though. Yes. And they went together to get the car... No, she is into it. They went together to get the car from the impound lot. They are doing this on purpose. And and that's why it's like, of course. Yeah. It's interesting that they're not, this is where I'm saying like, they're not victims. They're just continuing the behavior. It's like, just like Vaughn saw his friend die in a car crash. Vaughn has now died in a car crash. Mm -hmm. It's a vicious cycle. The car crash fetish. Yeah, I mean, they're just going, they're just going to go and go until they die. Yeah. So at the end, James Spader, this is a very weak scene in some regards. Like, it should, it's, whenever it starts to work, you notice that there's a guy with, with like platinum highlights, so like really hot blonde hair who's driving and not James Spader. Oh, really? <laughs> and it just is like terrible stunt guy driving. And like the guy, and someone's driving uh, Deborah Kara Unger's car, and it's just a horrible wig. <laughs> nice. But that could be part of the fetish, having horrible wigs. It's you know, ever since Spaceballs. Yeah. It's all like it's. I always look out for stuntmen, and there are some horrible stuntmen out there, especially in this time period. Like, um, yeah. The absolute worst stuntman in any movie is in um, is Bruce Willis's stuntman in Die Hard. <laughs> okay. Just fucking terrible. I mean, like you see his face, you know, like you see full blown right. stunt stuntmen looking into the camera. They just stop. They just never. They just couldn't imagine. Like, ah, eh, people will VH it. Like, with on video, will watch it twice or and freeze frame. Right, you know? of course, yeah. And they're like, it's gonna go by so fast, and then it and it doesn't. And you can you yeah. just like see his face for like five seconds, and he obviously or, is wearing a wig that's like sitting on top of his hair. And maybe uh, watching Crash in 4K is a oh, too much sure, resolution sure, sure. for uh, this scene. It's, fu- it's just too bright. It's fun to picture this, um, to picture Crash, but with uh, everybody driving Priuses, you know? If it was like with the music playing and their hands over the Prius, like yeah, bubbly interior. Yeah. And then just like a really quiet, smooth ride as they get in like decent little car crashes. Nothing crazy. Because they stay in eco mode, you know. You don't always gas. Yeah. So it's not yeah. very. But his car is pretty lame, actually. That he's driving. He is. He isn't driving like James Spader. His like Vaughn has a like, very cool cinematic car mm. convertible. Yeah, totally. James Spader is the square who eats asses and stuff at the beginning of the movie. Total square loser. 
He's like a soccer mom, basically. Yeah. He's not driving a minivan, but it's pretty close. He's, he's like driving a, like a fuddy-duddy car. Yeah. Like a Dot- he's almost driving like a Datsun. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But that changes um, at the end. Because now he's driving Vaughn's car. And he's, you know, he's going after his wife, and he finally hits her, knocks her off the road, right in the same spot where he got in his accident. And he pulls over, and he's looking, and you don't know if she's alive or dead. And then um, he walks down the hill, sees her, and she's spread out like a Playboy playmate. Sure. And she has like, you know, what the fuck are those straps on your that women wear on their thighs like that? Oh, a corset. Not a corset. Uh, stock, stocking, like a stocking. A stocking. She's wearing <laughs> stockings. Yeah, silk stockings. It's not a thing. She's got, she's got a Santa Claus hat. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing Christmas. She's got her feet in like big baggy Christmas stockings. Um, yeah. Carter Bell. Oh, that's yeah, Carter Bell. There you go. Um, so she's like all nude and or not nude, but she's um her skirts all hemmed up and or hiked up, and then James Spader gets behind her and starts kissing her and like rubbing her and and, they and then ultimately undoes his pants and he just starts fucking her right then and there and like <laughs> you're really painting a, painting a picture the thing is now that she's finally been in a car accident that's the one thing that she hasn't been through the entire time so mm, that's yeah so it's full circle now she's one of them she's fully one of them and it's it's like the it's like the best sex he'll ever have with her yeah so when did you first watch this movie? And then the movie is over, by the way. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. I was like 15. Oh, uh, okay. Because um, it took a while to get on video. Right. Then on IFC. But yeah, it's like kind of a perfect little like hero's journey story in, t- in this like weird fetish subculture. It's a, it's a good script. It's very tight. It's the pervert journey. It's the pervert's journey. Yeah, exactly. He, uh, like all great erotic films, the pervert has sex with all the characters. Yeah. Story told uh, through ki- sex scenes. Very good. Kills one of them and then ends up back with his wife. Yeah. Damn. And you can't go home again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it does They're say, not the like, same people they were at the beginning of the film. They're different. They're but, car crash. Yeah. Sex maniacs. But the movie is saying, like, you know, marriage is forever. Everything else comes and goes. Everything comes and goes until the husband is ejected out of the front windshield. (laughs) Yeah. And then the wife fucks the guy that she ran into. So, and then there's, they they remade this in, like, 2008 and made it about racism. Yeah, I refuse to watch that movie. I've never seen it. It's dumb. I ha- I mean it is a f- it's a funny movie to kind of make fun of and stuff. I can't believe it won best picture. That's a crazy thing. Um Yeah. I remember I had a All right. A- That's the end of the episode. Thanks everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys.